So here you have something like Patch of Land, which is lending out to the crowd, but they have a much stronger asset and the returns that they're offering are quite compelling. Are you ready for the best real estate investing advice ever? Join Joe Fairless and today's best ever guests as they share it with you. It's the best ever advice with none of the fluff. Let's go. Hi, Best Ever listeners. Welcome to the fourth and final episode of the best crowdfunding crash course ever. And I'm so excited to share with you this episode and and have this conversation with our best ever panelists. And before I get into briefly introducing the best ever panelists, just want to give you an overview of where we've come and kind of where we're going on this episode. So the first episode was every answer to every single question that you have about crowdfunding. And if you still have some questions, then we're still here for you. So let us know. You can tweet us at Patch of Land or you can go to patchofland.com and their team would be happy to answer the questions for you. And then the second episode was all about the future of crowdfunded deals. So, okay, we've talked about where we're at, but now more importantly, let's talk about where we're going. And we had an amazing panel discussion about the future of crowdfunding and why the heck it's so darn popular. Uh, And on the third episode, last Sunday, we talked about how to do a crowdfunded deal from start to finish. And that the the guest on there, Omar, was was incredibly uh, insightful about how to really the nuts and bolts of how to um, do a deal, what it's like behind the scenes of somebody who's borrowing money from the crowd. And we initially, we were going to do this episode on how to scale your business as a borrower. But the more and more we listened to Omar talk on the third episode, the more and more he he really addressed how he scales his business. I mean, he has eight deals on Patch of Land right now um, to, you know, to be funded that are in the process of being funded or in the process of, you know, execution or, or completion. So, um, what this episode we wanted to do is really, we wanted to flip the coin a little bit and we wanted to say, okay, this is what it's been like to, um, this is what it's like to learn about what it's uh, like to borrow money. But let's talk to the investors who are actually investing in the deals and get their perspective and get their insight. So with, without further ado, Um, Actually, with further ado, I would love to take a brief pause and um, recognize our best ever sponsor. Of course, it is Patch of Land. My mom always said it's rude to keep people waiting. Well, best ever listeners, that's exactly what you're doing if you're not funding your deals with our best ever sponsor, Patch of Land. Patch of Land is a crowdfunding marketplace that matches up your deals with accredited and institutional investors who want to invest in your deal. Patch of Land literally has thousands of investors ready to fund your next deal. You don't want to keep them waiting, do you? And guess what? It's a lightning quick process too. In fact, the average Patch of Land loan closes in just seven days. Is a five to seven day close faster than how long it currently takes you to close on financing? And just think, wouldn't it be wonderful to have all of your financing needs taken care of for all of your deals? How many more deals could you close if you already knew where the money was coming from? With Patch of Land, you no longer have to worry about the financing part. They've got it taken care of for you. Go to Patch of Land and find out how to get your next deal funded by the thousands of investors waiting for you right now. Go to patchofland.com. That's P-A-T-C-H-O-F-L-A-N-D.com. 
Okay, let's get right into it. And first and foremost, from Patch of Land, I would love to introduce on the show again, Adapia Dorico, who is the Chief Marketing Officer at Patch of Land. Adapia, how's it going? Good, Joe. Hi, how's it going? Good. And thank you so much for uh, helping us round up this this amazing panel. And can you give a little bit of you know background as it relates to how you work with investors and your role in the process? Sure. Um, so from the beginning last year, when uh, when all this got started for me, we were a small team. So um, my duties have spanned things like investor relations, also, and. Um, and so that comes down to uh, meeting people, whether that's when I'm out speaking at conferences or meetings and making presentations and even fielding a lot of calls to um, let people know what the investments are all about, what crowdfunding is all about, and uh, describing to the best of my ability what the opportunity is, um, of course, without selling it, because then we would get into the realm of uh, investment advice. So uh, it's really just about... Um, letting people know what this is and uh, whether they're comfortable with uh, the risk inherent in these deals. And now we have our two panelists who are investors in crowdfunded deals, both on Patch of Land and then you know other platforms, whether it's a real estate based or um, other type of business venture base. And you know, before I mention, before I introduce them, you know, through this through this crowdfunded crash or crowdfunding crash course, I've received emails and and tweets and and sometimes text messages from the best ever listeners. And um, yeah, I think there's a lot of curiosity about this. And I'm really excited to have this conversation. A couple, one of one best ever listener mentioned that um, it kind of scares them to delve into this world as an investor. So, you know, any anytime we're scared about something, I think it's really important to really just get the facts out on the table. And I think that's what we're going to do here. And I'm really excited about that. So with that being said, Mark Robinson, um, who is the... President at Crowd DD, based in Charlotte, North Carolina. So, Mark, how's it going? Going great. Appreciate you having me on. Great to have you. And can you give the best ever listeners a little bit more background about your experience in the crowdfunding space, in particular, and um, kind of what you're focused on now? Sure. I uh, done about fifty crowdfunding investments in the past fourteen months, and. From that, I founded CrowdDD, which is going to be which just launched this week. It's the Yelp of crowdfunding. Uh, so it's where people go to discover, rate, review, and uh, find out about platforms and investments. But I guess it really started back in November of 2013. I read an article about AngelList and how they're doing syndications. And AngelList is a crowdfunding platform for startups. And so I joined the site. Made a few investments, but one of the other sites that they was up for investments was RealCrowd, which is another uh, crowdfunding platform for real estate, which I didn't know existed. So I researched them, joined that platform, found out about it, and was pretty excited about it, did more research, and that led to the other seven or eight real estate crowdfunding platforms out there. And one of those was Patch of Land, and joined that company and did over, did, I've done nine investments with them so far, and I've done about 30 or 40 other real estate ones. But I, the first thing I did was to try to get comfortable with the platform. So I called the CEOs of most of these platforms and I talked to Carlo at Patch of Land probably a half a dozen times. And that really helped me get comfortable with what's going on and how they do things. And part of the process was doing due diligence. And I joined a, uh, another site called Bigger Pockets, And it's a real estate forum where people 
it's mostly active real estate guys that do buy and holds and flips, but there's other people there too. And I met some other investors there and they were also looking to do crowdfunding. And we started sharing research back and forth with each other via email. And we learned, I learned a lot and we kind of helped each other learn about how to do crowdfunding. And that kind of transformed into, we discovered three or four investments that weren't that great. And I shared that with the platforms and because of the research we did, they actually took some of the investments down. And based on that, I thought, well, if the three of us could do that much work and get that much done, what if there's a platform where everybody could publicly and and independently share information on these investments and platforms? And that could really help the investors find the best investments and see which the bad ones are and put a little pressure on some of the platforms sometimes if they had a deal that really wasn't that great. So that was kind of the genesis for the idea of CrowdDeed. And I have many follow-up questions for you, my friend, but let's, let's first introduce Jamie and uh, then we'll, we'll go into some, some questions because that's, there, there's a lot to what you just said. So um, our, our next panelist, best ever panelist, Jamie McIntyre, he's a founder at Rewire Capital based in Washington, D.C. Jamie, how's it going? It's going great, Joe. Thanks for having me on. Our pleasure. Thanks for joining us. And can you give the best ever listeners a little bit more background on uh, your crowdfunding uh, investing experience and what you're focused on now? Yeah, you know, Joe, if you don't mind, I'd like to I'd like to actually go back um, and give you a little history on me because it helps put in context uh, why I'm into the crowdfunding space. Is that is that work? Yes, please. Um, I started out by co-founding a wealth management uh, advisory shop or an independent advisory, and we dealt with high net worth individuals. And so what we would do is we would find out, you know, what are the invest- best investment strategies uh, for them and invest their assets. And because we we're independent, we had to kind of build our own back office of research and technology. Over time, we actually bundled up that research and technology and sold it to other investment advisors. So we ended up powering maybe 100 different investment advisors uh, and had almost $80 billion that was flowing through our platform. We ended up selling that company um, almost three years ago. And as I was going through that, I was kind of reflecting back on just where the state of wealth management had gotten to. And I can, uh, my father's actually in the business. And I can remember as a, as a kid talking to him and him explaining to me how a how a stock worked and you're actually investing in a company. And it just felt like we had gotten so far away from that now in today's day and age, because everybody's in mutual funds and ETFs and they really have no, you know, kind of tangible feeling with regards to what it is that they're investing in. So around that same time, um, noticed that the Jobs Act of 2012 had passed, which really just completely changed the rules that all of us play with with regards to crowdfunding and being able to publicly advertise these investments and started looking around, was actually interested in maybe building a crowdfunding site myself, but found um, a site that I thought was actually doing it pretty well, uh, equity-based crowdfunding, and that was called Seed Invest. And so I ended up hooking up with those guys. I put an investment into that platform and through their platform found Patch of Land. Um, and patch of land has seemed to have a great um, uh, kind of value offering in the crowd-funded space. So my my simplified explanation and why I kind of looked at that was if you if you look at something like Lending Club, which had you know just recently gone public, and I think it's maybe worth 
seven, eight billion dollars or so. Lending Club is lending out to the crowd, but the the assets that they're borrowing are really people's credit card debt. So here you have something like Patch of Land, which is lending out to the crowd, um, but they have a much stronger asset that's at the at the base of it, and the returns that they're offering. Are, are quite compelling. And I think the only reason that they can do this is because they have that, that, uh, that they're tapping into that retail base of the crowd that's able to kind of directly invest into something tangible that they can, you know, touch, see, feel, I guess in some cases, if they really felt like it, they could drive by it. Um, so it really felt like it's kind of coming both on the equity investing side and this this real estate investing side, it's coming back to people investing into things that you know they can see. And and you've invested not only in real estate uh, crowdfunding, but then other other types of businesses as well, right? Yes. Uh, so a whole bunch of different types of businesses. As I mentioned, you know, Seed Invest was one, which was an equity crowdfunding business. Um, others in that kind of crowdfunding space through, uh, much like Mark said, I've done some deals on AngelList. One of them was change.org, um, which in a way is a is a crowdfunding site. I mean, they're they're looking to to create change through um, online petitions and have done some fantastic work. Um, but then I've I've got other investments that run the gamut. I think the main thing that I try to do is learn as much as possible and see where I can contribute intellectual capital as well as investment capital. Um, and so far, I've had uh, great success in being able to do so. So I have uh, some questions for both of you, but real quick, Mark, a follow-up question. When you first called Patch of Land to get comfortable with the platform uh, and you had multiple conversations, you said, what specific questions did you ask? Essentially, I needed to know who were the main players, why they did this, their background, and also actually some pretty personal financial questions. I needed To, to me, it really matters if they're going to be there in the long term. So how much capital do they have behind them? And a lot of, not a lot, but four or five of the platforms in the last six months have raised two to $31 million in venture capital. So you really feel confident if the venture capitalists are behind them that, you know, they'll be here for at least for the next year or two. And then the other question I really had for all the platforms I've talked to is what happens if the platform happens to go out of business? What contingency plans are set up to do the K-1s and the distributions and Patch of Land and most of the platforms have set up contingency plans with either law firms or, or companies that do that specific things. So they set up contractual relationships. And if they were to go out of business, if I'm invested in this ABC uh, real estate, they will pay me every every quarter and send out the K-1s. And so that, that gives you some comfort that even if the worst thing happens and the platform disappears, you're still, you're not stuck, which I think is very important. From a high level standpoint, and this, this question is for both of you, and uh, let's start with Jamie. From a high level standpoint, Jamie, why invest in crowdfunding platforms? And then we're going to get specific, um, but I want, I'd, I'd like to start high level. From a high level standpoint, I think that when you have the crowd able to join you in the uh, kind of the vetting process of the individual investments, I think it helps to to suss out what are the what are the good investments and what aren't. So the the investments that start to gain traction um, are the ones that uh, that are really you know going to be more effective. And having that 
there's there's no barrier there between the end investor and the actual investment and being able to see full transparency with regards to that interaction. Um, I, it's just I think it it really helps to keep everybody on the on the right playing field and and all focused on creating and adding value. What about you, Mark? Why why do you invest in crowdfunding platforms? Well, I think the biggest benefit is just the access to deal flow. I mean. Sitting here in North Carolina, I have very few options, unless, unless I know one or two people who might have one or two deals. But I can invest in equity. I can invest in debt. I can invest in California. I mean, it's just amazing how much you can diversify, not only geographically, but against different asset classes. And in particular with real estate, there are many investments where you can start out with a 10% cash on cash return. And when you're sitting here with money in the money market earning 0.1%, that's something that's pretty special. I've had a friend and he's actually also uh, an investor uh, with Patch of Land and he reached out to me and he he asked me, how should, this, this is him talking now, <laughs> he's like, how, how should I prioritize um, the different data points uh, for a particular deal? Uh, you know, because With Patch of Land and I'm sure with other platforms, you have the return to look at, you have the operator, you've got the market, uh, you've got the length of time, you've got the after repair value. So um, I'd love for both of you to answer this and Jamie, if you can start, what, what do you prioritize and how do you, what's your logic behind that prioritization? You know, I, first of all, I think Mark's going to be able to give a much better answer on this because he clearly he's uh, uh, spent more time on the on the real estate side. I um, uh, at a, at a high level, from what I've seen, and I've only it, my experience has only been on patch of land. It, it certainly seems like every deal that they put up there is investable. And I've had talks with um, Jason with regards to his criteria and that he's the, the amount of deals that he's turning away in order to make sure to have the highest quality on there. Um, I, you know, as a as a former advisor, my advice would be to scatter your assets to to diversify, you know, across that portfolio. Don't go after, don't chase any one or two deals, um, but see if you can have kind of a systemized approach to being able to be in as many deals as you can. But I, I'd be curious to see if Mark has a different beat on it. Well, actually, I mean, to me, there's four big steps that, that I look at. And the first I've kind of covered, you got to be comfortable with the crowdfunding platform. If you're not comfortable with them, then you don't even need to look at their investments. And then the next thing I do was look at all the fees. Depending on patch of land, it's pretty straightforward. They basically take the the upfront fee from the the lend the borrower, and then we get the interest. But the other platforms are all over the the map, or they can charge two percent a year and twenty percent at the end, and five percent fee. And to me, digging into that is is, is been very informative, and and I decide which platforms to invest on that. But once I've done that. Really, you got to look at the borrower himself. What's his background? What's his track record? Has he done this before? What's happened when he hasn't done well? And then, then you get into the actual investment itself, and that's when you have to look at the numbers. And on debt investments, I mean, to me, the, the most important thing is that loan to, to aftermarket repair value. That is, how much the loan is compared to what the property's going to be worth when it's done. And it ranges from 45 50% up to 70 80%. And personally, if it's over 70%, I don't 
touch it because there's not that much room for error if, if the overruns or if the market goes down a little bit. But most of the deals on a patch of land in that 50, 60 percent range, which gives me a lot of comfort. And then, you know, actually research the, the neighborhood and the town and look at what's actually going on in the individual investment. But you got to get comfortable with the borrower and then look at the details of the actual investment. You mentioned for debt investments, you look at the ARV. Do you do a different approach for equity investments? Yeah, I mean, equity, debt, first in line if something happens. With, with equity, all the debt people get paid first and then you're involved. So then you really need to look at the project in, in total, the background of what's going on. To me, debt is a little less risky because you're first in line if something goes wrong. And that's why I think it's the more predictable and better investment for most investors because it's short term. In the next six to 12 months, we're pretty confident what's going to happen. But on equity investments, it's three, five, seven, 10 years. And no one really knows what's going to happen that far out. So it's it's different. It really is. Yeah, I don't, I don't think I would even have any interest in an equity-based real estate investment. Why? For many of those same reasons that you're mentioning, Mark. When when we look at um, you know the different types of opportunities to invest outside of crowdfunding, I mean you've got REITs and uh, Mark. You've mentioned a couple times the you know kind of the the tangible nature of of investing. And when you invest in a crowdfunded deal, I mean clearly you can see that property. Whereas with a REIT, that tangible nature doesn't exist. Um, so I, I would understand, you know, based on that, why you would go for a crowdfunding uh, platform versus a REIT. But if if we look at uh, crowdfunding versus a fund, uh, and you you know say the fund is just investing in Midwest properties. Uh, why would what are the pros and cons between investing in a fund versus a crowdfunding platform on a deal by deal basis? Well, the, to me, a fund you have to get comfortable with the the developer sponsor, and then you're giving him the responsibility to actually invest the money. So it's a little easier in one regard that you're not looking at each and every deal, but you usually give up some return. On a, on a fund, there's usually more layers of fees. There's 8% preferred, and then anything over 8%, there could be a 70-30 split, a 60-40 split. So it's it's more of a trust issue with the developer because you don't, have, you don't have to take the time to do it, but then you're giving up a little bit of return when you put the responsibility on him to actually find the individual investments. But it's a, it's a good strategy to diversify because you're going to be in 10 or 12 different properties that he chooses without having to do the due diligence on each individual individual project. Mark, can you go through what it's like to um, invest in a deal? Just just take us through the step-by-step process that you experienced. Now that you've identified a platform and you've identified the uh, property or the opportunity to invest in, what happens next? And, and when do you get your money back and how does that all work? Well, at Patch of Land, they'll send out emails about once a week and they do two or three new projects each week, two deals. And when they come out, I mean, what, I guess another thing that you need to understand how I do it, I try to take a little bit of the risk out by not only diversifying against different properties and, and I don't use the same, I don't go in the same state, I don't use the same uh, borrower and I don't put all my money in at one time. So I'll put 10% in in January, 10% in in February, all throughout the year. So at, at any given time, I'll have... 10% of my loans coming due. So if there was a problem in the economy, I'm not having to wait a year 
to get my money, I'll be having a steady stream every month, and I could slow down the investment if something were to happen. But back to what Patch Land does, I'll just get the email, go to the project, see what it is, and then from then on, it's really quite simple and easy. You just click the investment, put in the amount that you want to invest, click invest, and then you have a another page where you fill out the uh, online paperwork where essentially you just sign the loan document and hit click and you don't have to print anything out. You don't have to send anything in. And then your funds, you set up your bank account with a patch of land and you ACH, which means your bank just sends them the money. Once you hit submit, it takes two or three days. They get the money. And with another benefit with patch of land is they pre-fund all their deals. So they've already, the, the, bar, the ultimate bar has already got their money and they're paying interest. So the day your money goes to patch of land, you start earning your interest. Unlike a lot of platforms where they have to, have to wait for everybody to send their money in, wait for the closing date, and your money can sit there for a month or even two months before it's actually invested and you're earning money. So they get the money, and then patch of land, every month, the first of the month, the interest accrues, and it takes about two weeks. It's usually about the 15th of every month, give or take a day, and it has they haven't missed in 11 months. I'll get the interest, and it will be directly in my bank account. And then I've had two come due, and the money was in my account within two days of the closing. So it's pretty seamless, easy uh, investing. Once you get comfortable and once you trust the platform, it's it's much easier than investing in syndicates and other things, which I've done outside of online bank uh, online investing. And it can take days, if not weeks, to wire money and fill out pay, page after page after page of private placement memorandum. And this is just a much simpler, easier process, and it's it's, it's really helpful for investors. But Mark, I just want to add the investment strategy that you just laid out at the at the beginning of your answer. I think is spot on. Uh, not only are we talking about diversity of properties, but the diversity of the time period, um, which is kind of akin to dollar cost averaging um, when people are investing in the in the stock market. But I think that that type of strategy sets you up for great success. So I, I think that's a great roadmap for any new investor that's a that's approaching this as an asset class. I mean, it, every investment has its risk, but if, if you can use strategies like that to reduce risk of the economy going south, or risk of a certain area going south, or one developer in, in Pacific running into hard times, if you just spread it out over all sorts of different classes and all different places and all different times, you'll it's not guaranteed success, but I like my chances much better than one guy putting $100,000 into one. Day. Yeah. Amen. And I, I think one of the, the benefits of Patch of Land is the way that they organize all of those investments so that you can make many investments and, and you know kind of keep your wits about you because they're giving you solid reporting. You can go on the portal and check at any time, but they're giving you solid reporting kind of on a monthly basis with regards to your distributions and such. And they do also, an, another key is they'll give updates of what's going on with the uh, investment. If it's, mm-hmm. if it's on schedule, on time, if, if it's a rehab, that they've completed 50%, etc. So you can actually see online what's going on with the investment, which gives you comfort as well. Jamie, what surprised you about investing in crowdfunding? Surprised me. Um I guess the the thing that surprises me most is that nobody knows about it. You know, as as much as the people that uh, you know, like Mark, the people that you that you run across that that are in the know. I, I mean, there's people that I do, that I try to explain just the basic basic concepts of crowdfunding to, and 
their eyes gloss over. They just haven't heard of it. Even in the, the financial advisor sector where you think people would understand everything with regards to what's going on with money and such, it's just such a, a, a new concept, which excites me more than anything else because I think for many of the reasons that we discussed, it is where things will trend in the future, um, and it's nice to be at the forefront. What about you, Mark? Well, I guess what surprises me the most is there's such a huge diversity of crowdfunding opportunities. I mean, it's every day I come across a new platform. You can invest in energy. You can invest in self-storage warehouses. You can invest in mobile home parks. I mean, it's debt. There's even a site that you can invest in uh, businesses and put up the asset. and You get a percentage of their sales every month. I think it's called Bolster. There's every month, there's a new platform, another way to figure out crowdfunding. And it's just going to explode and get it's more people. Like he says, most people don't understand it, don't know anything about it. But that's slowly changing. And it's uh, I think the future is pretty bright. Well, it is it is so amazingly new. I mean, there's some of the, the, the debt crowdfunding platforms that have been out there before. But from an equity standpoint, um, the SEC really ratified the rules of the Jobs Act in September of 2013. So we're talking about a portion of the industry that's less than a year and a half old. And to have this many new platforms cropping up, like you said, Mark, is really I, it's it's fun to just try and keep up with everything. Indeed. I mean, that's on our, our side. It's it's a constant battle to find the, the new sites, the ones that are active. I mean, there's probably, I think I've seen a list of over 100 crowdfunding sites, but a lot of them are in pre-beta or pre-launch. And actually finding one that have active investments and are actually doing crowdfunding. But there are a lot of people trying to get their foot in the door. And it's the, the people that get in early and improve themselves are going to be the winners in my mind. And what happens with any of these, we'll call it a technology, any of these new technologies is they they continue to change and morph over time. So whatever we're seeing right now, there's going to be something that's going to completely blow our mind three to four years down the road. Exactly. And this is only for accredited investors. And there are plans to open up to everyone, but it's been very slow to come out. But this is only for six or eight percent of of the population that can even even look at these investments. And at some point, they'll figure the rules out that it makes sense for everyone, and the whole population can look at these deals. And that's and it, when I think it'll go more mainstream, and it'll be people understand it. Yeah, and that's that's going to be an interesting time. And you you mentioned six to eight percent of the the population that can access it, and I I think it's something really ridiculous. Like only two percent of that population is even aware that these crowdfunding platforms exist. Does that number ring a bell? I mean, I would say that may be too large. I mean, there's not that many people investing yet. Yeah, I'm saying 2% of the 6 to 8%. That would make sense because that would be probably 100,000 people. I'm not sure what the number. And that would be, I would think the average platform has 20,000, 30,000, 40,000 registered members. And it's a lot of overlap. So there's, I would think maybe 100,000 people total are doing this, but yeah, I haven't seen the stats for sure. Before we get into the the summary and my, my final question about what an ideal investment looks like, we're going to pause for a quick word from our sponsor, Patch of Land. Could you do more deals if you had more money and didn't have to waste time looking for financing? Are you ready to scale your real estate business and do more deals? Well, let's make that happen. Our best ever sponsor, Patch of Land, is ready to fund your next deal. Patch of Land is a crowdfunding marketplace that has thousands of investors waiting for you right now. 
Find out more at patchofland.com. That's P-A-T-C-H-O-F-L-E-N-D.com. Okay, Mark and Jamie, if we can all three and Adapia, <laughs> but Adapia, I think um, I, I think you'll you'll uh, you'll want to defer to these two on the ideal um, deal that they that they could come up with. So, uh, Mark and Jamie, uh, if you can hold my hand. Uh, over the airwaves and let's go to, let's walk together to um, ideal crowdfunding land. And when we arrive, there is an ideal investment that you just absolutely head over your heels about. What are the fundamentals and as specific as you can, what does it look like? Well, for me, the very first thing is to find a developer or sponsor who's been doing this for 15, 20 years, and is very successful. If you found a person who's done two or 300 deals and has had very few, if any, go bad, that would be the first step. Second step is a location that you know is growing because most of the patch of land deals are, are fix and flip deals. So you want an area that has high employment, high growth, and high appreciation of, of land and, and houses. So if you go to a... A year ago, I would say go to Houston, but right now I wouldn't say invest in Houston, but Silicon Valley, somewhere that is just exploding, that everybody's going to, rates are going up, land values are going up, and then look at the specific deal, I would look at one that the house, the median price is the median price of the town, so everybody would want to buy it. The loan to value, loan to after repair value, be 50% or less, and then pay at least 12%. If they had a 13 or 14%, that would be even more ideal, but... I think in, in this industry that 12% is pretty much the average. And an, another note, there are other crowdfunding platforms that do similar deals, and most of those are 10%. So that's another reason that I personally like that. But Joe, I was uh, I was holding Mark's hand on that one. I, 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 <laughs> it was like a kumbaya. Yeah. We're all, all four of us were holding uh, hands together. Really hands a little sweaty, by, by the way. <laughs> Sorry about that. <laughs> I, I don't know if I really have anything to add, uh, except for the fact, as we kind of already already mentioned, um, I would I would advise the investor not to try and target any specific deal, but more to use some of the diversification strategies that uh, were already discussed. And I would add that if it looks too good to be true, it probably is. I, I mentioned that I did some research before and found a few deals that threw up red flags, and I took those to the platforms, and after a lot of effort, they actually took it down. But there was a Florida fund that the actual written language said, you can participate in walk home with a whopping 36 to 58% annual rate of return. Oh, if wow. the market were to wow. collapse and lose 50% of your value, you would still maintain your dividend. And that that particular fund was up for over three weeks. And I saw that American Greed episode. <laughs> exactly. I mean, it, it looked to me of a Ponzi scheme, and I actually had to go to Bigger Pockets and call the, the platform out and got on LinkedIn and called the guy out who ran the platform and eventually took it down. And I don't know what happened to any investors that are in it, but it, it screamed a Ponzi scheme to me. So there are some unscrupulous people out there that you have to be careful. And that segues into my CrowdD site. I'm hoping it's a place people can go before they invest and look at every investment because all the 506C investments, which are the ones that publicly can be uh, talked about, are on the site. And then investors will rate them on overall quality, on fees, on sponsors. And then you can sort them by the best overall debt investment or real estate investment and 
share and discuss the due diligence. I mean, it's a brand new site, so there's not a lot of discussion there yet. But the the goal is to be like for Yelp for restaurants. Before you invest, you'd go there and see what other people think about the investment. I have I have two follow up questions for you based on what you said, Mark. Uh, you said find the developer sponsor has been doing it for a long time, 10, 15, 20 years, uh, know the location that you're investing in and make sure it's growing. Uh, then you look at the deal, uh, look at the median price of, you know, and make sure that's, uh, along lines of the other properties. So that it sells uh, loan to value ratio of 50 or less and pay at least, you know, 12% and more if is even better. Uh, two follow-up questions. One is, how do you determine specifically where do you go to determine if an area is growing? And then two, where do you go specifically to identify the median price of you know the properties in that town? Google, Google, and then Google. There uh, and actually a lot of the, the platforms will will have a brief uh, summary of the demographics and the, the growth of the area. So sometimes it's even provided. But then uh, Google the address, Google the town. Google the, I mean, you can Wikipedia, you can see what have the town's been growing or not growing. I mean, the information is there. It's just a matter of taking the time and the effort to, to search it out. Are there certain sources? I mean, because when you Google, as, as everybody knows, when we Google, everything comes up. Sure. Um, so are there certain sources that or certain sites that you tend to go back to to verify information um, or, or is it simply, you know, whatever's the top of the search? There are certain ones, but at the top of my head, I, I couldn't tell you what they were, I'm afraid. But it's it's essentially just going through and, and, and looking at the reputable sites, not you know Joe Blow's house of investment. But it's... Hey there. <laughs> <laughs> um, Joe, I can actually chime in on that um, really quickly. I've had really been lucky on this episode, I suppose, not to have to say much. It's um, I'm so excited about having uh, Jamie and, and Mark on to give their input. On the research side, too, um, I'm seeing uh, some of the reputable portals, like Mark's saying, um, as well as us, we're focusing in more on providing that kind of information because we know how important it is. And we have something called a neighborhood navigator, which is on the last tab on, on, our, um, on our loans, where you can go in and the addresses input and it gives you a lot of information market information based on that address and uh, not everyone knows about it yet we haven't made an official announcement but it's there for um, it's there for everybody to see and I think that's a really important thing for people to know that want to invest in uh, any crowdfunding platforms offerings is what information do they make available? Uh, I think Jamie touched upon it in the beginning when he talked about transparency. And it's it's massively important that everyone uh, in the industry is transparent. And that's why I'm really excited about Mark's uh, website, CrowdDD. It's crowdsourcing. I mean, it, it's, it's the epitome of what this is about. It's sharing information. And um, uh, there's a reputation risk that that the industry faces and companies like ours face, which is um, how is someone, how is another platform or how are we going to deal with a bad loan or a bad borrower or a bad project? Um, And I think the only way that this will really grow and be legitimate and be successful over time is is through that transparency and that sense of community and accountability that people have, whether they're the sponsor or the investor, and making sure that that we're all really well informed about what's going on um, 
on the on the platform and the underlying deals. Is there any final thoughts that uh, you all would like to mention about you know what we've discussed that you think the best ever listeners who are interested in and uh, wanting to invest in crowdfunded deals that we haven't talked about? Well, I guess the, the biggest thing is to just go ahead and, and make a move. I'm, I'm sure people are intimidated by the online investment world and, and not knowing who the players are and what's going to happen by money is to, to trust that the, new, the older platforms that have been around and haven't had any issues and you can do the research and see who's got venture capital backing, that they are legitimate, they're here to stay and you can make much better returns, much better returns than just sitting on money market accounts. If you have X dollars earning 0.1% and there are means you can make 12%, I would do it. I, I'll back you up on that, Mark. I would, I would say that you learn by doing. And one of the benefits on the patch of land site is that there's a low minimum for many of the deals. And so it's easy to kind of get your feet wet and jump right in. Exactly. exactly. My first investment was a minimum just to see how what the, the deal was and uh, I slowly increased it. But there's, there's, there's no shame in investing the minimum amount just to see what the deal is. I did the same. Adapia, any final thoughts? No, I would. Um, I think we covered so much. Uh, I'm really appreciative that that Mark and Jamie were able to to join us, um, and I hope that everybody gets that um, a little more confidence as well in uh, you know in investing. And as far as uh, I'm concerned personally, I'm working on getting past that two percent of the eight percent. I'm I'm working on it um, to get. <laughs> to get more people aware of what we're doing. It's a big push for everybody to, to raise awareness. So this is, um, this is a big help in that direction. Mark, Jamie, Adapia, thank you so much for being on the best ever panel for this episode. And this truly was the, the perfect way to wrap up the best crowdfunding crash course ever because the questions that I was asking wasn't me. It was people who have reached out to me throughout this month of February and have been asking me these questions as a result of uh, of the content that we've, we've been providing. And these really tr- truly were questions from the best ever listeners and, and you know, people who are looking to invest in, um, you know, everything from what questions do you ask where, you know, we went through all the questions from who are the main players, what's the background, why are they doing this? And then getting some some specific information about what are the personal financial questions that need to be asked. You know, for example, how much capital do they have behind them? And is there venture capital backing them? That seems to be a big theme uh, because what happens if the platform goes out of business? What's the contingency plan? And um, also, what's the fee structure? You know, that that's uh, that's an important aspect, obviously, because that ties to returns. And I think, you know, CrowdDD is, is going to be a great resource for that. Um, and congratulations on the launch uh, with that, Mark. And, you know, also talking about how to evaluate the deals on crowdfunding platforms. That was specifically a question that, that came from somebody I know who's investing with Patch of Land and he was looking for some insight. So um, he has that address and I'm sure that was applicable to many other people as well, where first we want to uh, be comfortable with the platform. If we haven't picked a platform, first we want to be comfortable with the platform. Then we want to look at all the fees on the platform. Then we want to look at the borrower, their background, their track record. And then lastly, we look at the investment. And then within that investment, if it's a debt-based investment, we want to look 
at um, how much is it leveraged and look at the neighborhood, look at the town. Um, and typically debt investments tend to be more conservative because you are first in line if something does go wrong. And then also talking through the step-by-step process for what it's like to invest in a crowdfunding deal and going through that every step of the way and surprising things that, that we've, you know, we, we've come across where, you know, I know Jamie was talking about the, you know, the, the, how nobody knows about crowdfunding. And that's surprising because, you know, it's, it's really interesting because Jamie's coming from the f- uh, financial background um, and, and being an advisor and, you know, having access to those high net worth individuals and speaking to them. And, and it is, it is brand new territory. And uh, Adapia and her team have done a fantastic job of getting it, getting the word out there and hopefully increasing that 2% to 3% to 4% in the near future. And also, I, I think the uh, a great part to that we ended on uh, was the ideal investment where we're all holding hands. Some of ours were sweatier than others, but we're all holding hands, all holding hands and talking about what does that ideal investment look like? Where first we want to find a developer sponsor who has been doing it for many years. Second, we want to know the location where we're going. We use Google for that. We also can use tools that the crowdfunding platform has provided and has created for us. Uh, Then we want to look at the deal. Then we want to look at how much is it leveraged. And then we want to obviously look at the return. So thank you so much, everyone, for sharing your, your advice with the best ever listeners on, you know, how to invest in a crowdfunded deal. And for all of you best ever listeners who are hungry for more and are ready to participate, go ahead and go to patchofland.com and they'll, they'll set you up with everything that you need to know. So thank you so much, everyone. And we'll talk to you soon. Thanks, Joe. Thank you, thank you very much. Thanks, everyone. Hey, you best ever listener. Do you want more? Then go to joefairless.com, where you'll get tons of free videos, templates, and content to help you get deals done. And remember to subscribe to the best ever show in iTunes, so you can keep getting your daily dose of the best real estate investing advice ever. 